He wants us to play attractive football, wants us you know, to get the crowd on our feet. The support has been magnificent and the singing my name, but I'm happier just singing about the players. Will it be another Stephen Kenny love in this international window? We've got the best coverage and analysis right here on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. And the Galway takeover continues. I'm going oh, yeah. to say Evie Riley is with us. Evie, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Sorry. Yeah, very good. So you made your Ireland debut at the weekend. Um, what about the actual experience itself was something that might have surprised you in the aftermath? You were like, oh, I didn't realise that was it was going to feel like that or it was going to go that way. Yeah, it was just surreal standing there, like singing the anthem. Um, that's when it really hit. And the attendance was crazy. Like we had a record crowd there on Saturday. So that was just something else. That makes a big difference as well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, completely. Like it just really, the atmosphere is just insane. I couldn't get over it. When did you know you were getting picked? Um, so we found out on Monday as a team all together. So I knew for the full week then and I had to try to keep it quiet. And plenty of time to get tickets for family and friends? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And is that something that you're going to have to get used to? The hassle of like, ah, here, get me a ticket for this, as opposed to like, just get your own tickets, come on. <laughs> um, well, we get given a few tickets, so the select few get them ones. And then, yeah, my friends travelled up from Banaslow and then a few college friends came as well, so... I just had to let them know to get their hands on some as well. What, what was your background in terms of getting into rugby in Balanced Law? I know it has a bit of a kind of a rugby um, heritage there and yourself and obviously Bevan yeah. as well. It's 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 obviously a big enough thing in the town. Um, yeah, so we all kind of started out playing GA and then my dad was involved in the mini rugbies in Banaslo and my brother's only a year ahead of me So and my eldest brother were playing as well. And it was community games. There was like a 12-a-side team and really was you needed two girls so um my dad was coaching and obviously volunteered myself so I just kept playing after then played with the boys for a while and then there was an under 15s team set up and myself and babe enjoying the same year and then loads of girls just start transferring in from GAA and we just had a really good setup there. I, I'm, I'm really interested in that as a young girl in Ireland because you're, you know, my sister would have come through totally the, the, the Gaelic Games in a big, big Gaelic Games community, but there's no rugby at all. I mean, there's a soccer team. Yeah. Rugby just doesn't really exist. I mean, unless you went to Craig's, which is obviously developing. Um, but how, how, does, how does rugby sell itself to the young girl who has other options and rugby wouldn't necessarily have the best reputation in terms of getting any kid, male or female, into I think uh, what attracted me to it was just that it's for everyone and it's a very easy game to pick up and it's also very exciting. Like, I feel like with GA, um, not that it's not for everyone, but like, I feel like there's more opportunities with rugby at the moment. And also, it's just a very disciplined sport. Like, you wouldn't have any of that chatting back to the ref or anything like that. So, it's also great for like life skills and things like mm. that. Um, that's what kind of attracted me to it and I, I ended up quitting football and just sticking with rugby the collisions that's what you're talking about isn't it it's for yeah. everybody you can you can smash somebody well, and you're allowed to half now in fairness yeah. <laughs> I was starting to do that on the Gaelic field and I was like okay it's time to leave <laughs> getting in like trouble a, for it as a scrum half when did you realise that like what age when you were like wow I really really enjoy passing this ball like um, I think I always played scrum half. I played on the wing a bit as well, but um, I suppose I was quite small when I was younger and that was kind of where the small people were put. And also <laughs> my, brother, my brother was also a scrum half and 
Um, he plays professionally now for Connacht. So I suppose just watching him be a scrum half, I was a year younger and wanted to do exactly the same thing as him at the time. So I suppose that's why I stuck, stuck with the scrum half position. When you're coming through, right, your your pathway, I think, is, is the sevens first and then ultimately you make it to the, the 15s team. When did you get your first sevens contract? How did that all come about? And, and how important for you in terms of like, actually, this is something I want to pursue as my main thing. When when that decision got made and that, that pathway was there, when did that penny begin to drop kind of properly? Um, so I was always playing sevens under 18. So that was the setup there. So I was playing with Connacht um, 15 aside into pros. And then I also played with their sevens team. So then under 18, I would have been on the team. And then when I moved up to Dublin for college, um, I was offered a sevens contract there. So we're based out in Abbottstown and HBC. So I joined, I think it was October last year. That's when I signed my contract. So I've been with them like over a year and a half now. So I think I'm right saying you're in UCD, is that right? Yeah, UCD, yeah. And how do you balance those? Like, it's it's tricky for um, full-time athletes to make sure that they get the rest. It's tricky for uh, students to make sure they're doing all the work they're supposed to be doing. Um, sometimes on purpose they're not doing it and sometimes they're just not able to do it. How do you manage to keep that balance going? Um, I have great friends in my course that always keep me in check. Um, that's one of the, the main um, things there. But also, I suppose just I work better under pressure and when I'm given a certain amount of time to do something, I'm, I kind of do it to my best of my ability while I can then if I'm under pressure. Like, I don't really have an easy fix. I'm still struggling, but um, I'm almost there now. So This is your final year, is that right? Yeah, final year. So I have, I think it's like two months left. Right. And uh, to ask the parental question, what's next? What, what are you going to do next? Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Play for Ireland. A year out. Oh, no, I don't really know yet. So I've applied for couple of masters and um undergrads so i might just go straight into them or or else just play rugby for a year and work part-time i'm not quite sure yet right I, like how feasible is it for somebody like you to become a pro rugby player in the next 10 years um i suppose like we're not pro at the moment and it's something that well, like every girl would want to be but that's not our focus at the moment our focus is just getting better as a team and i'm sure it will happen down the line but at the moment, it's um, we're just our focus is the Six Nations and qualifying for the next World Cup. So um, I'm sure it'll happen down the line, but at the moment, it, it, it's not. Because there, there is a pathway where you could spend some time in, in England or even France. Is that something that you've thought about? Like, is that, you know... Is- uh, yeah, I'd love to play in the Prem, but I'm also really enjoying Sevens at the moment. And it's I like, I like the way I can intertwine between sevens and fifteens and also play AIL here in Ireland so at the moment I'm going to stick to that but yeah I'm, I'm sure it's it's something I would look to down to do down the line yeah. you, you've, you've a lot to mix in like, so how do you like what's the extent of Ireland training I mean you know obviously you're, you're pining for a professional game but how, how much can you guys actually do considering you know the, the players have so much else going on um, for fifteens yeah we come into camp on a Wednesday for for the Six Nations and then we'll be training Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then match Saturday or some of the fixtures are on a Sunday as well. So um, I'm not quite sure what the other girls do, but they just get time off work. Mm. And yeah, that's just the sacrifice we make. And like, like last weekend, were you expecting to start? I know you said you got an early nod, but... 
Uh, definitely not. No, I was so surprised um, seeing my name there. But um, yeah, a huge honour. Just it must be some experience. Your family are up, coming from the west of Ireland, playing in front of uh, you know a record crowd. Um, as you say, the national anthem. And I guess did 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 you were you happy with your performance in the end? Yeah, like I had a few mistakes. Um, I'm sure we all did, but yeah, I was ultimately like despite the despite the loss, like it was still a very special day for me, and I made sure that I enjoyed it and like relished it all in because you know you don't get your first cap um, twice so mm. yeah it was very special I had my grandparents there my cousins friends from home college like it was just a very special day like unfortunately we didn't get the win but um yeah I'm very grateful that it was a, a home match for my first cap that's class that that whole kind of uh, that journey that you've been on and you know you're brother being a professional rugby player as well uh, you kind of fully understand exactly what the requirements are to make it to the the very top level to go back to the game itself in the ebb and flow of the match were there points where you thought actually we're going to we're going to continue this momentum on and win the game or did it always feel like it was on a bit of a knife edge yeah I thought we had patches of really good play um once we got the ball quick like we showed really good speed and when we worked out to the edges and we were making really good gain line, but I suppose we thought we were going to win. Like that's the mindset you're going to have playing the game. Like when you're, when you're on top, like you're obviously want to stay there. But unfortunately it was just towards the second half, Wales, Wales were just a bit more dominant. We we had barely any possession, which um, is something we'll look to improve. But yeah, it was just unfortunate in the end, but there was a lot of positives to take from the match. And it's just important to look at them as well as, as well as our work-ons. France also had a record crowd for their game last weekend and obviously you know, we know the investment that they've made and the professionalism that they have and the numbers they have so it is, um, it's quite the task you have ahead of you this week. Yeah, definitely like France. They're on a completely different um, it's like stage of their journey as than we are. You know, they're preparing for a World Cup um, so that it is going to be a huge challenge for us but we're just going to have to relish the opportunity to play against one of the best teams and just try to put it up to them as well. What's the positives of this new coaching regime? Um, so we have Greg, uh, Briggsy, uh, Dave Gannon in there as well. Um, like it's a whole new uh, environment and they're very enthusiastic. Like they're really encouraging us to play like exciting rugby and showcase their skills. So, Which was evidence uh, against Wales like? Yeah, so it is a great environment to be in and, you know, we're just constantly striving to be better. It's it's not going to be a quick fix for us. You know, it's a long-term project. Um, but yeah, like I'm sure as the campaign um, moves on that we will will hopefully be getting better and better and um, working towards, like, you know, the next World Cup. Do you go into a game like France then with, I mean, hopefully your second cap, like do you go in with, oh, this this fear or, or is this are you just too young to even... Um, think about things like that. Oh no, like I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, but, you know, you still get nervous. I'm sure I will. I'm, I'm not one to get nervous prematurely, or else I won't be able to function for the week. But mm. um, um, I feel like I have a lot of the nerves over me now. I'm, I'm saying that now, but I don't know what I'll be like. Um, hopefully, come Saturday. But um, yeah, I suppose. Uh, like I know what it's like being on the pitch now. It's it's just like any other game at rugby. It's only us inside the inside inside the pitch line. So um, yeah, I, I hopefully I'll be fine if if I'm on then. 
how how does this group uh, quantify success over the course of the Six Nations? Because um, it, it is a new a new group. You know, it's not just a new management team; it's a new group of players as well. And you guys are taking possession of the jerseys and making sure that this is going to be your career as an Ireland player and as an Ireland team. What what? At the end of the Six Nations, when you look back on and go, okay, you know, we didn't get everything we wanted, but we got a lot of what we wanted. What would that be? I suppose just um, making sure that we're all proud of the performances we we put out, um, making sure that we're all working hard and that, you know, that it's it's not our skills letting us down, um, and that also that we're adapting to the new systems. Like I suppose coming away from each game, saying like that game was better than the last. That's that's how you judge success. Um, you, we just constantly want to strive to get better. So I suppose that's how we'll um, judge um, our success from this campaign. Well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck. Congratulations on the first cap. Best of luck in the finals. Which I, do you do you get any special dispensation for like, hey, look, I was really busy. I was playing for Ireland. Can I, you know, can I have an extra few weeks? Um, I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. I haven't requested at the moment, but. Um, Hopefully it won't interfere too much, but um, I'm sure if it will, they'll be very accommodating. Please, God. Well, listen, best of luck with everything, Evie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Evie. That's Evie Riley there ahead of the game against France this weekend. Um, So, fingers crossed she's going to get picked again, I'd say. She probably is. Yeah. um, Young scrum half. I I I must get into the watching some of these games I think I do wonder I probably should have asked do some of the, the, the rugby team are they I'm envious of the like the football team has gotten it seems like there's a more of a hype around it the last few years like even though they haven't necessarily been all that good either I mean um, there's, there's just seems to be more you mean Vera Powell's team yeah like a lot of a lot of chat about them and you know, there's a lot of interest in Tala um, and obviously the, the women's rugby have had totally different issues in terms of you know Rightly looking to progress the game here and so forth, and the IRFU and, and so on. And you I think they, the, they, the women's team has come through. Fundamentally, were the same. They were, yeah. Well, it's just there. Maybe they've come through them faster. And you know, I think the the women's team in the football team is in a good place in that regard now. But um, yeah, I guess the France game is gonna like. I mean, the, the the Wales game. As much as they they were good, like they did end up like kind of surrendering bad in the second half. So I, I guess in, in a young coaching team, you don't want to get hockeyed either earlier on because it can completely dent confidence. Yeah, and it's going to be very hard for them not to get hockeyed by mm. the French this weekend. So certainly, people are going to need realistic expectations. And I suppose that's the the point about um, what does success look like for this team. Mm. You know, at the end of it, they they feel like they're making progress. Some patterns of play are starting to emerge. You you as a coaching ticket, I suppose, know who the core of the team is going mm. to be into the future, and you start building with them and hoping that they're the ones that. How proud must her dad be though to have like you got to marvel at these families that's just so high achieving and um, see the Eden Hazard's brother playing for Belgium the other night like. Is it all about genetics or how, like, are you just brought up in a way where you're driven to be good at sport? Isn't it interesting that herself and Bevan Parsons came through at the same time, yeah. in the same place, through the same kind of system that they obviously were driving each other on? Yeah, it, it's, Ireland is so, Ireland is so mad as well. We, we don't think about it enough in terms of so many options for young kids. Like, and we look at, um, I mean, if you look at the Monaghan Dublin game, I was watching the Monaghan game on Sunday and I was, I was just thinking like Monaghan people are absolutely infatuated with Gaelic football same as in Mayo and like other sports probably really really struggle there despite the fact that there are people who uh, love them Roddy, do you know what I mean Roddy the Rod Squad Monaghan yeah like Monaghan United sadly is no more and um, you know I, I think Owen has done 
bits of work on Kilkenny how like Gaelic football can get a look in um, and, and then for a girl like her who's basically really encouraged to get into sports but decides that like what if she never played rugby you know what I mean like she if she were my sister for example in Newbridge she's not going to play rugby she's going to play Gaelic football she played Gaelic football but because she's a background in it she's she's kind of compelled a lot of most girls do not play rugby like at a young age I mean how many of them even play sports it's on their eyes but because she's introduced to us then she's actually playing like scrum half for Ireland now yeah and I think if you look back at the, the team that made the breakthrough a bunch of those players had played Gaelic football to a very mm. high level um, mm. you know Neve Briggs played for Waterford like there was a load of those who actually had been really high achieving Gaelic footballers who then transitioned in uh, Alison Miller I think was the same and um rugby has got quite good at that talent identification where yeah. there'll be a combine style day you come and if you're any good you get pushed into a club and you get coaching and that was the opportunity that rugby had that they blew over mm. the last decade mm. to build on that generation of Irish women who but the, who won a, a Grand Slam and yeah. who, who beat the All Blacks and who reached the World Cup quarter final no they were like well this is grand everything's, everything's working fine yeah. what do we need to do here the, wi- the wider question though male or female in when that player who's like a really really high quality player when he or she decides like I'm not going to play three sports anymore and and then you get pressure from the you know the for example the soccer club and the the, the role of the parents is so important it really really is yeah I, I, I do think this, this conversation comes down to oh stop forcing people to play one sport mm. and that's not really what's happening what they're saying is you could actually be elite in this sport if you were to concentrate on yeah. it at this point you it's, don't want to burn them out either no um, you don't it's, it's, it's a like, real it's an interesting conversation I think yeah and um, I, you know um, and I'm not talking about um, 7, 8, 9, 10 year olds but when you get to 13, 14 you'd kind of need to decide which one you're going to go for to mm. be the elite um, and I still I still think the, the kid who there's nothing wrong with the kids at that age wanting to try and see if they can yeah make well, I still think the kid who pucks the ball off the wall both sides like every night or the kid who has a football at home has a better chance I think if there are kids listening in a lot of it is down to what you do like yourself as working at it and uh, I still remember Johnny McDonald talking about the Belvedere under 15s that he coached and he asked him had they a football at home and half of them didn't do you know so that's kind of the generation as well where it's not it's not just turn up a train and then do it you kind of have to be obs- obsessive maybe to, to get to the next level OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 